women on earth are and there's a picture of a very attractive young lady very very yeah she's good looking so then i i click on it and there's your first mistake right there yeah how many of them on the list how many of them uh 25 25 richest uh women in the world how many of them looked like that woman zero zero the better question ray is how many of them were under 80 years old zero no maybe like three three I mean, it doesn't mean they can't be attractive at 80 years old, but they were of not. Of course not. People, they were it's neither. about. It doesn't matter what you look like. It's how you carry it and how you present yourself. Because I would say Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, I know that's not a real name, Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour is beautiful. Sex-y. Yeah. Tina Turner, I haven't seen her in a while, but even in her 60s, we have to assume. Beautiful. We have to assume she's got it Thunderdome rocking. Best legs in the business. I thought that was James Brown. Uh, hey! <laughs> I don't know. So wait, so you're actually, di- wait a minute, let's just get this straight now. You're disappointed because you clicked on some clickbait and it <laughs> didn't give you what you wanted. That is total false advertising. Brent, you know about this one insane trick that'll get your abs ripped only found in Van Nuys, California? <laughs> one of them, you better click that guy with she, the abs. Is she at least one of them as a younger woman? No, it's just a picture of a generic hot chick to get you to tap their Not thing. Not cool. And then, let me guess. This site had to make you click 25 different times. Yes. Yes, they got 25 views out of your one clickbait, probably plus an intro screen and an outro screen. 27 clicks. Well, I think I, I got the gist after about 10, but then, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm almost halfway there. So <laughs> I'm almost top of the hill. Might as well go all the way back down. All right, Sisyphus, calm down over there. Roll your boulder. <laughs> get to the top. Let it roll down the other side again. Will somebody please cut down the Sword of Damocles so it just... <laughs> My goodness. It has been hanging over your head <laughs> since we got into the flickering lights. I'm light ready for studio. it to fall now. <laughs> Dear Lord. You you've got to be the only person genuinely like disappointed by clickbait. I've never seen No, I mean I, I look I You I, feel betrayed by this website. I feel betrayed You all... feel betrayed by a website whose intention is to betray no you how and many... they don't hide it. But no matter how many times I click on a clickbait thing, I'm still disappointed. Because I'm like, well, maybe the one time it will No <laughs> It's never like that. Hey everybody! Mm. You've made it to what? Disappointed over there? I'm. I'm. Uh, I was still hurt. mad about the clickbait. Hurt? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Now I'm. Now I'm doubting everything. Oh, are people really listening? Mm. Apparently, and they're messaging us during the show. Well, you've made it all the way to episode eighty-two of Dwayne Bow. Do episode Dwayne Bow eighty-two? I don't know anyone more famous than Dwayne Bow. That's number eighty-two. Ray's and Brent, and I'm Ray, and I'm Brent, and I don't know why Dwayne Bow. 82. Oh, you know, he... You know what? Throughout the 80s, Ray, I'm going to be naming a wide receiver after every show. Well, that's just... That's great news, Brent. Thank you. Boy, there'll be reasons to tune back now. Wait till we get to 88. We're going to be talking about Tony Gonzalez. Well, we missed it with 81 because that's Calvin Johnson. Yeah, that's... No worries. No worries. He's only the best wide receiver in all of football. Mm, Is he? Because I remember I traded him away, and then I, it led to a, a championship. We're not talking me. about fantasy football Dez here. Bryant. Oh, my gracious. In any case, we've got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about this week. We've got, of course, we've got two shows that we love. We're following them. Walking Dead got real interesting this last week. And Better Call Saul, still good. 
this week was awesome, dude. But the most important thing, and the thing we're going to definitely like hit upon, is uh, you may have watched the video if you're following the Raisin Brent Facebook page, or you're on RayBrentPodcast.com, or you know you you follow any of the stuff on Twitter. Uh, Brent and I ran the combine. We did with uh, Big Red Fury's Todd Munson. That's right. Who uh, was nice enough to record the whole thing. We made a little video for that, which we'll definitely be putting in the show notes of the show. Uh, but it's already been all over our Facebook page, and we got to talk a little bit about um, how painful that was and about how victorious one of us was in all the events. That's right. And I'm ready to do I'll that. If you've already seen the video, it's already been on our Facebook page. You already know. That's right. Or if you just like have common sense, you'll know. But, you know, let's let's leave the drama for later. There's drama. Sure. You ready to end the drama? Johnny drama. Johnny drama from Entourage? That's right. He's fantastic. Kevin Dillon? Are you more excited about that, or are you more excited about um, how uh, Kenny G and Warren G are going to perform uh, Regulate on Jimmy Kimmel? I'm not excited about that at all. Oh, that sounds amazing. I'd yeah. rather see Jimmy Buffett and Warren Buffett sing Margaritaville together. Hmm. Nah. I saw how he eats ice cream with Paul McCartney in those pictures. No good? No good. All right. Well, let's just talk about the combine then. Okay. Okay, we'll do that after three seconds of... Jim Croce. And it's bad, bad, Leroy Brown, the baddest man in the the Raisin Brent slash Big Red Fury combine. I like NFL it combine. when two organisms, when two shows merge together and create this great Reese's peanut butter cup of like, entertainment goodness. It was like when, when you know, Venom attaches stuff to Spider-Man. He got cool and sassy. Right? And then he tried to kill people. He did. But aside from that, we did the combine, Brent. With bragging rights at stake. Bragging we rights at stake. We don't even need to make a bet on this one, Ray. You know why? Because th- whoever loses, it'll be in there on the video that we made forever. It'll be pretty embarrassing for whoever didn't do well there. Right? Now, going into it, uh, now you you do go to the gym, right? I you do play go to racquetball. Gym. I play racquetball. Although, you know, I'm way overweight right now, Ray. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I still feel like, you know, you guys all have a chance. Well, I and don't. Todd, I don't Todd, do any of Todd that. Todd does bike races. Todd does like, you know. Todd does weekend 100 long... mile bike races. Yeah, thank you. So uh, Ray plays video games on his Xbox and PC. Uh, so if it came down to a game of League of Legends, I believe I would have had this thing broken well, and I, victorious. I would expect that if someone used to be like a semi-pro athlete, that they would be able to destroy myself and Todd. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting you would say that. Yeah. Because it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's not true. Going into the running of the combine, let me just say, I fully expected to finish dead last place in every single event. And did I uh, did but, I but dis- was, did I did but, I disappoint but, Brent? L- l- no, you did not. But <laughs> let me ask you this, right? Was your goal going into it? I'll I'll tell you what my goal was after you answer this. What what was your minimum goal? What did you want to do like just to 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 have the least amount of embarrassment? possible what did you want to accomplish i wanted to not finish last place in every event okay, i at least gotcha. wanted to finish second place in one thing fair enough yeah and i my thing was i didn't really want to lose to ray i wanted to beat you in more events than i didn't yes and my secondary goal was like i wanted to beat you in everything everything and then my third goal was like if i could beat todd at one thing you know what yes. I mean? since todd i feel like he's you know, the real athlete of the three of us yeah right now well, keep it real is he we'll see <laughs> yes, we will. And we have. And of course, you can check out the whole video. It's a six minute video, but totally fun, totally worth it. Uh, it's at raybrentpodcast.com. It's at facebook.com slash raybrentpodcast. If you subscribe to the Big Red Fury on, on there, on there, it's it's everywhere that you can possibly find it. It's a fun video. I, I appreciate everybody watching all of our embarrassment. 
Uh, so, Brent, you have the final scores right here for all the events. Talk, talk about the, all the events we run because we all tried right. to recreate the combine as best we could. Best we could, right? So we did the forty yard dash. We did the forty yard. That's the easy one. Sure. Well, it's no, an easy granted. One. Now we did now to give a little bit of backstory in the video. Now we went to Van Nuys High School, mm-hmm. where we were expecting to have full use of their football field and track to run all these events. Correct. But the track was being resurfaced, so we had to use just the football field. And it had been raining. It had been. It, it, was, it was a little wet. It was a little wet. So I'll give us some leeway on our time, especially on stuff like the shuttle run and the three cone run. And I would also say on the forty yard dash, even because running on a, a track is definitely going to be a lot faster than running on wet grass. Right. I would say if we were running on the track, I would give us at least three tenths of a second, maybe something, so, at least quarter I, of a second. I mean, I would just say right now, I didn't feel like we embarrassed ourselves anyway. No, because we were it, talking about like, oh, let's be under ten. Let's seconds. be under ten seconds. While we run, and that actually, was mostly me talking. I actually said under seven seconds, and so Todd had a six five six. I was right behind him at six six five. It's in the forty, in the forty, and you were just over seven at seven point oh six. And we had even timed it at one point at six point nine eight, but we went back and readjusted the score. Right. So I mean, it was right around seven seconds. That's the yeah. key. I, I feel good about that because I just wanted to be around seven. Hey, and I, I was only I was less than a se- tenth of a second behind Todd and. Uh, I feel good about that. Feel good. And now the thing I realized, and I think it's even said in the video, you're supposed to breathe while you're running. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would take a big deep breath and I'd start running. <laughs> and then I wouldn't breathe again until after I'd finished running the 40. Why did I not pass out, I guess is my question. I, I Because that's, that's a recipe for, for <laughs> just getting 30 yards of just collapsing in a heap. Yeah. And then we did a shuttle run and a three-cone run. And long story short, Todd kind of owned us on those. He did. You and I were close, but I barely nudged you out on both of them. Both times within like a tenth of, tenth a, second. of a second. I yeah. mean, we're talking really, really right yeah, up yeah, against yeah. it. Very good. Yeah. yeah. So what we learned from there is Todd is better at turning around faster than we are. His agility. And I would say you're probably better at turning around than I am, but I take longer strides. And I think that's yeah. where that kind of came even, but you slightly finished So, ahead. so far, yes. Todd's up 3-0 and Ray's down 0-3. I have finished last and place I'm in, in the all middle. Three of the yeah. first events. Uh, then we we took a little you know fun uh, break in the middle to do a, a field goal competition. Brent knows that he can kick f- extra points at a. I did not know this at a reasonable and Ray, I'll say forty percent clip. I, I will say this, Ray. I, I'm being completely honest with you. I have never been on a football field and kicked an extra point. before. He has been out practicing every <laughs> night. Do not believe a word he That's says. That's not true. I actually drove by Van Nuys High like the evening before, like 11 p.m., you and Brent's me, out there with the lights on. You saw my private uh, coaching session with Al Del Greco. He had Al Del Greco. <laughs> he had Sebastian Janikowski. <laughs> well, that was just us having dinner later, <laughs> eating a lot of food. Went to a nice Polish restaurant. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Don't uh, you believe him when he says he's never tried before. But Please. No, I, I really haven't. And then, sure, so, sure. so we went out. Uh, now, you, I believe, because you couldn't even make like a, a 12-yard field goal. I tried to kick that at one extra point that we did, and I the first one I completely just towed it right into mm-hmm. the ground. The second one was like right there, but I missed it by just a skosh about yeah, two did. yards to the right, wide right a little bit, yeah. it, and it was barely going to get over the crossbar. So, so it could have gone in. So then it came down to Todd and I, and then I ended up beating him with an eighteen yarder, and then to put a cap on it, I, I put a twenty yarder right down the middle, Ray. It's true. Although 20, I was yards, there. 20 yards seems a lot further when you're actually kicking it than when you're watching on TV. Like, and then we went back out to midfield, and we looked where it was. Janikowski kicked a 64-yarder, or yeah. Jason Elam, or whoever that yeah. was. Both of them. Both. Yeah. And we went back, and we stood 64 yards, and we're just like, what are you talking about? 
Yeah. Go if you ever get a chance to get on a football field, do yourself a favor. Go around the fifty yard line, look at the goalpost, and think to yourself, "Yeah, that's possible." Yeah. Now and and also not just that, but even a fifty yard field goal looks oh nigh impossible. Yeah. We get angry at NFL kickers for missing like one out of four fifty yarders, folks. That's stupid. Well, but they, it's not humanly but possible. Again, if somebody, if some, if we practice it for years and years and years, it'd be a lot easier. We still wouldn't be good because these guys are pros and they no, don't do it every time. That's, the, that's their specialty, though. It's true. Okay, so Brent took down the unofficial field goal. So contest. in the non-combine event, Brent mm-hmm. did win. Yes, the I ki- did. The kicking competition that, that he foisted been, upon hey, us. That would have been a, but that wasn't that kind of the funnest thing of the whole. It was pretty fun. well for you for and you. Todd. Yeah, because you were out right away. <laughs> I missed two, but badly, it was pretty fun I, though, right? I had I mean, to shank the entire rest of the event. Yeah, jeez. Um, so then we went to the standing broad jump. Standing broad jump is where I thought maybe I could get over. Yeah, I thought maybe I could get over on that, even though my legs are creaky and old. They're they're very long. I'm a very I'm a giant. I'm yeah. an ogre. And I thought maybe I'd have a chance in there. And I felt like I was sticking the landing a couple times. And you actually were struggling right out the I gate. I was. Well, I wasn't struggling with the length. I just couldn't stick the landing. Uh, which is what you're supposed to do in the Well, you kept jump. flopping backwards, yeah. and then I'd have to check your mark. You ended up like 13 inches from where you started exactly. after so, falling backwards. So we got three attempts, and Ray finally puts up a 71 inches, which is just short of six feet, five foot 11 inches. It's pretty good. Not I'll bad. take that. I will take that we, all day. We thought maybe we'd only be around four feet. You know, so. I didn't know if I'd actually get to the sand. Right? So, uh, And then Todd puts up a 79 inches, uh, I think Very on, his, good. on his first try, and then he, he didn't really get the last two. And then me, I, I scratched on my first two, didn't really have a... And I, you so, fell over both so times. So it came down to the last jump, Ray. It's true. And I just went, you know, dun, I relied dun, on my dun, training, dun, which was zero. Dun, uh, and dun, I hit an dun, 80, dun, 80 inches, Ray. Dun, Six foot eight. I win it on the last jump. Pressure. That's two in a row for me now, Ray. Two in a row. I'm going to roll. Uh, I measured it myself, and I still don't believe it. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think I think someone was taking steps while I was measuring. First of all, you should not let the the guy who was the fattest one on the field or stockiest at least, who weighs the most. I shouldn't be jumping further than you guys. Well, let me first off say it was windy. It was extremely windy when that <laughs> happened. You got picked up and carried. I'm the least likely to be picked up and carried. <laughs> like Gandalf riding the eagles into Mount Doom. Uh, you and your humongous wingspan would have much better chance of being picked up by the wing the wind than me. Then we went to the vertical jump, and we actually had a hard time kind of measuring We don't even it. know how to do it. We were hoping maybe we'd have well, some sort of a big yeah. thing. It was hard to, to really tell. Measure. We were kind of even. I still think Ray was last. I uh, think I actually won that one, but no. all the numbers we were not. classified. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those numbers didn't come out because they would paint me in a good light. Yeah. Folks, this is no, the liberal me. media Guys, trust me. coming watch at you. Watch the video. I don't think Ray's... Uh, feet. I think they were still touching the grass when he got to the. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I hit my elbow on the goalpost. Yeah, I don't think so. I came up, was doing a tomahawk jam, and so then we get to the finale. You know, we've been through the trials already, Ray. We're all a little tired. We're old. We were tired. We weren't hurting yet, though. Yeah. We, we weirdly enough, the pain didn't set until about we did 24 have, hours later. We did not have access to a gym, and also we cannot bench press 225 pounds. We cannot. So we decided instead of pushing up 225 pounds, we're going to push up our entire bodies. Yes. Which again for me is the most weight. I weigh the most. Yeah, but you're the smallest package. You know, you've got that you've got that stocky energy. That's fair. You know, I actually had to much longer reach. That's My fair. arms are longer. Push-ups for a, a a human giant like myself are of course very difficult. Well, I understand. And and that completely explains why I had 22 push-ups and you had two. Well, <laughs> Here's the deal. 
Let me just say, there came a point when um, I did my first one and I said, wow, I'm old and out of shape. I did my second one and said, I could probably do a couple more of these. And then I looked over and I saw you churning away. And I thought to myself, why? You know what? Why are you putting yourself through this? You know what you saw, Ray? You saw the eye of the tiger. You saw the eye of the tiger. The thrill of the fight? That's right. And you realized, I'm not going to be able to rise up to the challenge of my rival. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And then I immediately just flopped down and I looked at the camera and I said, guys, tapping out. Yep. Tapping out on this one, everybody. We're good here. I won the broad jump. I won the kicking. And then all of a sudden the push-ups... 22 push-ups for me. Todd had five and a half. I don't know how you have half, how you, how you half think a push-up. That's a generous measure yeah. that you get a half. 22 to five. That's I did. Shouldn't I have two and a half then? Because I started up and, yeah. I, and I landed I down. I did 15 more push-ups than you two combined. It's pretty solid. I'm not com- bragging about doing only 22 push-ups, but you know. No, man. Dude, no. Keep bragging. Somebody out there listening right now is just like, Brent, <laughs> <laughs> you're just... Ray's really embarrassing, but you know, come on. This isn't yeah. a braggable, a braggable 22 thing. 22 push-ups. <laughs> I weigh a lot. I have to push up all that weight, right? <laughs> but we had a good time doing it. That was fun. Uh, how did you feel the next day? Because it's the now... next day, an hour later, I was stiff. <laughs> it's now three days later. Yeah, I'm still in massive pain. Oh, and I feel fine. Yeah, I'm okay. See, this is how out of shape I am. I'm really like in my front of my thighs. Yeah, from I think it's just the squats and the jumps and the running and whatnot. I am not a physical being these days. Yeah, I basically Stephen Hawking could probably outpace me. <laughs> I, I'm still I'm still sore. Now it's not as bad as it was when it was the combination full on sunburn combined with you know old guy gym workout. Right. But yeah, I can officially say, folks at home, if you're wondering, yeah, yeah, Ray 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 needs a nap. But you know, for old guys running the forty and under seven and broad jumping eight inches, not bad. Well, even what Todd said on the video, though, you know, old guys off the couch. That's if true. Shaving we did two not, seconds off, that's we beating the pro times. Three days before this is going to happen, and we, so we did not have time to train. I train but next year, Ray. I'm training. I'm getting over. I'm getting uh, seven feet. I'm going to wow. get seven feet in the broad jump. Wow! Look at you. I'm going to do fifty push-ups. Wow! And I'm going to do under under six. I'm going to be in the fives you, on the forty. You say we? You know, you didn't train. I trained with a burger and fries <laughs> the mm. day before. I lifted it all the way to my mouth. Yeah, and and I'll say right now, it it did not help me, dude. The night before, we went out and had tacos, and I had a chili relleno, which is just like cheese and a pepper, and eggs and a pepper. Mmm. So yeah, next year we're gonna. I hear tear you it saying up. that now that we're actually we've done it. It's in the books. It's mm. behind us. All we can do is think about next year doing better. That's right. This is going to become an annual event, isn't Correct. it? Correct. So Ray, in four months, when you stop hurting. You can start training. Yeah, I'm going to start training in about <laughs> July when the soreness finally dissipates. Nice. Dear Check Lord. out the video. Uh, I make a sweet one-handed catch on a fade pattern. It's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And you can totally tell from watching the video it wasn't staged at all. I, I made the catch. <laughs> it's all that matters. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it's all that matters, ladies I mean, and gentlemen. I think, we, uh, on, all honesty, we tried it. We did it three times, and I caught the third one. Hey, which one made the film? The, the one, well, the one that I caught it, of course. Thank you. Yeah, that's all that anybody cares the, about. The other two, one I barely reached with my hand, and the other one was like way overthrown. So, just throw it, throw it out under the bus. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had a good time, everybody. Uh, you can, like I say, watch the video, check it out, troll us about it. Mm-hmm. We're used to it. Next year, maybe people can make their own videos and uh, try to outdo us. <laughs> Is that possible? Probably. <laughs> it's probably Almost assuredly. It's probable. <laughs> So we got to come back and do it again. Yikes. Speaking of coming back, we're going to be right back to talk a little Walking Dead after three seconds of the Harlem Globetrotters. 
it's walking and it's dead. Hmm. I'm gonna say John Travolta. Close. <laughs> Why are people making? What is John big, Travolta? What are Sorry, it's a big deal about that. What is for? John Travolta? Hey, look, we staged a thing based on an earlier social faux pas at an award show. Yeah, let's talk about it more. I didn't think it was that big a deal. I mean, he is a little creepy. You the know, fact he, he kept touching her face he and like her face. pulling her face he, towards his—that was he, weird. He went up and you know was putting his arm around and kissing uh, Scarlett Johansson when she was trying to take her beautiful pictures. And she did not seem into it. Meanwhile, Marble Face comes up and you know what the looks, thing? Michael Chiklis looks kind of weird now. I don't know. Gracious. I mean, look, I love John Travolta in Greece and some of the younger stuff. But now he's just kind of turned into a weird. Can't can't people age gracefully and not be a weirdo? Yeah, he looks younger now than he looked from Saturday Night Fever. I mean, is that weird? <laughs> That's a lot of work been done on that guy. Yeah. It's like we have a team of scientists trying to keep him young. Yeah, and it's kind of like he's he's. I, I hate it when someone seems like they're just desperate for attention. And when you're, you know, do you think that's it? You're stealing extra time with Edina Menzel by like grabbing her face and you're putting your arm around and kissing, you know, maybe the what people consider the hottest woman on the planet, Scarlett Johansson. I believe that's exactly what you're doing. Sir, he did not star in the movie Battlefield Earth so that you could disparage his choices now. He is a less of a star than Barry Pepper now. Wow. Also from Battlefield Earth. <laughs> this has been Travolta talk. <laughs> no, Walking Dead is the thing we're talking about right now because we just saw the newest episode, episode three of this five-episode yeah. jam. Yeah, We know we've met Aaron. Uh, Aaron, when he walks up to the group and says... Mr. Carter. Stop it. No. Uh, no, that's not what happened. Let's welcome back Cotter, not The Walking Dead. I get those mixed up sometimes. It's so too. easy. Because, to be fair, both shows uh, feature people getting a rubber hose stuck up their nose. That is also a yeah, fact. Thank you. Also, you know, they just slept in a horse barn mm-hmm. and star of Welcome Back Cotter, Horse Shack. Horse Shack. I'm just saying. <laughs> Stop it. So we've, we've met Aaron. He's taken the group. And now they are on their way. He spends the whole episode getting the well, living crap beat out of him. Well, he's trying to convince them that he's has a a better place to a go, better place to go, and he's willing to let them go there. You know? He reveals he was the one who left the water behind. Mm-hmm. He brought a whole, brought two cars full of stuff. Yeah, and he says, "Look, and we need people. You guys seem like good people, so obviously he hasn't been following them for that long. Because Rick is crazy." Yeah, I like how Rick... Rick uh, is a problem. I like how Rick... He he basically says, hey, we cleared off this one highway so we can go down, and Rick's like, nope, we're going down the other highway! We're taking the highway you didn't clear. (laughs) You you know why you cleared it? Because you want us to drive there. Yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Well, I see your plan. Yes, that is the exact plan. We want you to drive there. And then when they drive down the thing, you think Rick's Rick's like, "You you tricked us into going this way by saying you wanted us to go the other way. Yeah, the one loaded with zombies. <laughs> Just so many zombies, you can't see it through. How gross was that windshield? <laughs> <laughs> just Glenn just takes his How hand about, and he's just wiping and throwing brain matter and it's still just caked in gore. About, was it, oh my was goodness. it Michonne that was pulling arms out of the grill? Yes, the car won't start. Oh, that's because you've got arms stuck in the engine block. Uh, Hold on a sec. Hey, <laughs> I'm trying to start. Oh wait, Michonne, can you go out there? The warning light says there's things there's arms obstructing the grill. <laughs> the intake of the air. Oh my gracious me! Yeah, that was uh. 
That was a problem. And how about the flare goes off, and all of a sudden, Aaron, who's got his arms tied behind his back, kicks the door with such force, Michonne flies off the road. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is this dude, the Hulk? Because yeah. she went flying like she had been shot out of a cannon. But this is after, after a little bit of events right here, because Aaron goes there, and he's like, hey, here's a bunch of pictures, and I brought you guys some like water, and I got some food and some baby food for the baby, and I know all your names, and da-da-da-da. And what really makes... Our camp great is the people. And then Rick just walks right up to him and then Cole cocks him right in the face and just knocks him out. Okay, you mentioned when, when Unreal. You mentioned when the two cars got separated and there was a the the uh the flare goes off. It's a little it weird. Yeah. Now the way Aaron reacted, which was like, I'm done. I I'm yeah. going back. This is over. I, I thought that the flare came from the other truck. I thought it vehicle. did. Yeah, they did. But the way he reacted, it seems like he thought it came from his own people or something, and that was a warning. That's what I thought as well. So did they ever clarify that? Yes. Uh, his his partner yeah. is the one who set off the flare. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. He did say that. He said that But it was a little episode. confusing during the episode at first. Because at first, I'm like, what is going on right now? Because like, you assumed that it was... Because they, they ha- I thought they had the flare gun in the other vehicle. Well, then he had his own flare gun because mm-hmm. that zombie took the flare gun to the face in one of the most amazing little bits I've ever seen. Can we say that Aaron is definitely the cleanest, most well-dressed person uh, out of the L.L. Bean catalog left in the zombie apocalypse? Well, I mean, his partner's from the Abercrombie and Finch catalog, so it was only natural they were going to get together. He's got the really nice vest with like just a million pockets to he, put things in. And he's showered. Oh, yeah. At some point, he has showered. Well, you know what? They didn't use his water to drink, so he just like, oh, I guess I'll take a nice oh, well. shower. <laughs> Shake it all so over. They show a flashback of him just like, oh, they didn't drink the water. Let me get a sponge bath here. Looks like it's bidet time. Yep. Now, there was an interesting that happened in the car, though, because he's showing the pictures of all, everyone. hey, we all have our own houses, and mm-hmm. we have this and that. And then Michonne has a moment, and this is where I think, like, the a little bit of the facade kind of broke for a brief second. The second part was when he kicks the door open saying, this is done, I'm out of here, um, which ended up being a completely a nice thing for him to do because he was worried about his partner. But when she says, there's all these pictures of the buildings, why are there no pictures of your people? And he's sort of like, uh, well, I took the picture, and well, well, what happened was the exposure was, uh, ooh, uh, and then it was cut off because they ran into zombie road. Mm-hmm. And they started just plowing into people. But don't you think that could be because, I mean, honestly, if he's going out as an ambassador trying to recruit more people, the last thing you want to do if you run into a, a group of bad people is, like, show them pictures of all your people. Yes, but I would think at this point he feels like he's vetted them well enough. He knows all their names. He knows kind of, like, where they're from, what they've been doing. Right, but still, I think that, let's say Aaron gets captured by someone else, though, and they all get captured. Well, you don't want those pictures there. I don't think it matters because you don't know where the compound is. I don't know. Because he wouldn't even tell him where the compound was. I think he's being protective of his own people. Like, he is being protective. Or, the other way you could read that, he's got something to hide. I would sure. think having a picture of really nice-looking people and families with kids and whatnot, that'd be the perfect thing to show the group like Rick okay. and, and his kids and I'll whatnot. I'll play Rick, then. You show me the pictures of the really nice people. I'll hey, play devil's advocate. Here's a picture of a whole bunch of happy families in our thing. You could be a happy family like that. This looks staged. Punch. I mean, yes, but you'd have to have the people to stage it. It's not like you have Photoshop in The Walking Dead, you know, future verse. There's no electricity. I feel like the the fact that they don't show any people makes it seem safer. Like, if they show a bunch of people, like, oh, these people could all kill us. Well, if you, it, not the, if they're, like, they old say, oh, and kids there's and only, nice. There's only a couple people. Well, then we can't show you a bunch of people. Then that means we they can't all attack us. I don't know. I, I guess. 
But again, nobody knows where it is. So like you could have pictures of everyone's kids and it wouldn't mean anything because you could never find them. I guess. It's shady. It's and then they get to the front door and you tell me if this is not creepy and weird. Because they finally they get to the front of the compound mm-hmm. with the big steel fifteen foot high gates and it looks very secure. And then they stop and remember Michonne and uh, Rick were talking about what did you hear when you went up to to the other places we've been to? Nothing. I heard nothing. What did you hear when you got to the governor's place? Nothing. And what do they hear? The sounds of children laughing and playing. Mm-hmm. I'd rather hear nothing. That was super creepy to me. <laughs> that that that's like ominous. They go towards the sound of the 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 children playing, and then they walk up, and it's just like it's just something on speakers on a loop. That's what I'm thinking. It's like a record <laughs> that's just like blasting through a loudspeaker, like. Okay, and then we get him to the front gate, and then and then we're gonna play the kids. By the way, guys, hey, you recognize these troughs? We got them from Terminus. <laughs> hey, ooh. hey, you see Robin Lloyd Taylor's head? Ah, <laughs> uh, ooh, penguin blood everywhere. Rick still, even after like they plowed through the zombies, going on the wrong road that he told them not to go down because it wasn't cleared, and that he's got his hands tied behind his back. He was up against a tree about to get bit by a zombie when Glenn saves him. Talking about Aaron right mm-hmm. now, and Rick's sort of like, "Oh, this is all part of your plan, huh?" And he just Aaron gives Rick a look like this would be the worst plan <laughs> in the history of for, humanity for me to be uh, defenseless and tied up with zombies around us. Yes, that's my plan. Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi at Jabba's Palace is a better plan mm. than what that plan would have been had that been what was intended. Luke leaving his training early from Dagobah was a better plan than this. Okay, I'm going to get captured by Jabba with no weapons. We're going to get R2-D2 a Jabba as a drinks cart. We're going to put my lightsaber inside R2-D2. We're going to come back three months later. Hope he's right where we need him to be. Here's the deal. Worst plan ever, Luke. That's a brilliant plan. How dare you? That's a brilliant plan because at that point, Lucas finishes training. He doesn't just need a lightsaber. He could use other. He could use other materials to hit people with, just like Vader. He'd grab stuff and like throw it at him. What is he like? What is like Jason Bourne from the Bourne Identity? That's right. He's just gonna take a pencil and just wail on someone with it. Well, he can use the Force to, you know, like Vader did at Cloud City, where he's just throwing speakers and stuff at Luke. Yeah, that's Vader. Yeah, he's the best. So, you know, you've read the comics, and you've told me before that this whole sequence with Aaron and the village and all this, this mm-hmm. is straight out of the comic books. Yeah. So, that it, it, it based on what you've told me, it hasn't deviated to this point. Right. Rick's still alive. Because sometimes the show deviates. Rick's still alive. How dare you? <laughs> Try to sneak that one in there. Because <laughs> often the show goes one direction, and then it starts deviating, mm-hmm. and then different things happen to different people, right. and people survive or they die, and it's different on the show than in the comics. But here you're saying it's pretty much as written. So far. Sure. As written. So now, with you're not going to give me any spoilers right now. No. Because we wouldn't want that, because that's based on prior knowledge. Correct. I have no prior knowledge. You're just speaking generally now, right? Just in general. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. No, I think that's the name of the episode. Ray has no prior knowledge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a prediction as to what's beyond those walls. Okay. It's going to be normal. Mm-hmm. There are going to be kids. This is the big swerve. It's These guys are well-intentioned. There's nobody eating uh, spoiled meat. There's no cannibalism. There's no slave labor. There's no you know weird zombies hiding in a pit in a barn like at the farm. It's going to be completely like the thing that they've wanted from step one that they say that they've wanted, and Rick's going to find a way to screw it up. That just seems to me like that's the direction that needs to go because every place they run into, right, has a seedy underbelly, yeah. has something really dark going on behind the scenes of a facade of something really wonderful. 
But I think we're in a place right now that Rick has this severe PTSD. He can't trust anybody. He can't not screw everything up. He can't not live out in there. And they have to go with Rick. So I think they're going to get themselves kicked out of paradise. Okay. That's my prediction. Okay. I will make a prediction. You will. That No, I won't. Because I, I, I think I kind of know what's going to happen. I feel like this is going to go. You feel like this is to... 100% comic book. Yeah, I feel like this is going to go along with the comic book mostly. All right, well, here's the deal. We'll check back in. We got two. I have a feeling, though, that there's two more episodes to go in this set of five before the end of this season. I thought there was just one more. Is there two more? I think there's two more. There's one or two more. There aren't many more to go. Mm-mm. And I feel like it's going to wrap up quick, too. I mean, it'd be cool because I mean, we're at a point right now where this feels like the end of the series of Walking Dead mm-hmm. because th- they finally reached a destination. They've reached somewhere good. They've reached the big place at the end of Walking Dead season two in the video games. Where they're just like, you know, we'll take in the kids and we'll do X, Y, and Z. I feel like if we've learned one thing from The Walking Dead, it's that anytime you feel safe, pretty soon you're not going to be safe. Or you were never safe to begin with. And I think the characters reflect that, though, because they've been burned so many times by all the different places they've been that they're just like, Rick especially, is actively looking for someone to mistrust. Mm -hmm. He wants to mistrust, so that way his worldview that he's now shaped, that everything's jacked up, is true. As soon as they could go along for three years and everything's perfect, and all of a sudden somebody says, hey, Rick, sorry I borrowed your boots. I knew it! Rick, uh, I don't know how to tell you this. I burned the roast. Oh, my God! We're getting out of here! Guns up, shooting You just everywhere. signed your death warrant. <laughs> Coral! Coral! I mean, yeah. Because this feels too good. Yeah. And that's why I think it is that good. I think we're actually seeing a so chance. They have a chance at redemption right to now. what they normally do where you yes. feel good and it's not good, this one actually is good. I think so. And I think they're going to screw it up as opposed to it being the other way around because... If 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 I'm going to follow it correctly, if they were to go there and there was a CD underbelly and something terrible is going on and they end up having to fight their way out, how is that different than three, four other things that have happened on The Walking Dead already? Mm-hmm. Every time they go into a place, that's what happens. I'd like it if they flipped the script on its head a little bit and did the reverse. That's what I'd like to see. But it would also demonstrate how messed up the group is with this PTSD they're no doubt suffering through from daily wars with zombies and outsiders. I, I think it would make sense. It would be logical, and it'd be a fun, like, different direction for the show. Honestly, for me, like watching the the show as a fan of the comic book and knowing what happens in the comic book ahead of time, uh, and you know, also knowing that that's a lot of times they go away from that, even though there's a basic framework. Maybe they're going to go to a certain place, and maybe something will happen, and maybe something else will happen. Okay, but me knowing that, I feel like the most exciting part of the show for me is if I know there are certain characters that that are that die in the comic book. Will they die in the exact same way on the TV show, or will it be someone else that dies in that way, or will they go some, somewhere completely different? All right, we'll be right back after three seconds of Primus. My mom's got herself a big brown beaver, and she shows them off to all her friends. One day you know that beaver tried to leave her, so she gave him up with Cyclone fans. So what are you thinking about the newest episode of Better Call Saul? I think you better call it awesome, Ray. It was pretty rad, am yeah, I right? It was fun. Uh, I really enjoyed the opening scene because they were walking. him and the drunk guy are walking through the alley. And then they find that wallet on the ground. I immediately turn to my, my wife, Melissa, and I go, this is the found money con. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I know this con game. It's straight out of my favorite movie, The Sting. It's like basically right? the opening scene of The Sting. Robert Redford and uh, James Earl Jones' brother or dad, somebody, Earl Jones. Oh, Bomani Jones. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bomani Jones is, is busy uh, being sad because he has to be on the show with uh, Dan Lebitard and, and his, his dad. dad. Yeah. Sorry, Bomani. 
My bad. Baumani, you're welcome on our show anytime. You know what? We both speak English relatively good yeah. here. And Brr. we're both funny. Mm. Yeah, well, I was being nice to you, Ray. Thank you. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, but they do the found money trick, uh, which was incredible with the found wallet, with the money inside. And then the Rolex shows up and he hands a bunch of money and then they wake up. And the guy Saul, playing, I got to say, Saul played that great. I think the fat guy played it great. Yeah. He's like, you stupid. <laughs> you know, that is uh, that guy is an actor that I love. He's been on a couple different shows. What else has he been on? He's on that one show about the people that work in the hospital. Oh, ER. No. It's on, I think it's on HBO. Scrubs. I don't know what it's called. Nurse Jackie. Uh, but he was on a show I really like called uh, uh, Running Wild. Oh, okay. I've heard good Will, things about that Will show. With Arnett. Yes. I never watched and it. Felicity. Felicity. <laughs> oh, Felicity. It was a fun show, but it, you know, it was, it's kind of too smart for people. Too smart and a little too kooky for people to watch. You know, when people say something is too smart for an audience, what mm-hmm. they're really trying to say is it wasn't good enough, and we're trying to no, no, feel no, better it, about liking no, it. No, no. Well, but people said that about Arrested Development, and Arrested Development is amazing. Yeah, but that came back. Okay. Running Wild didn't come back. Well, yeah, but Running Wild was you know, the, the show they did after Arrested Development. Don't call it a comeback. Yeah. It wasn't there for years. Yep. Good show, though. So, so they do better. So better call Saul. So they do the con on that guy. So you really get a good feel for who Saul is. Because you've already learned he throws himself in front of cars to get money. You've already learned he, he what, he peed in that uh, roof of the car and got himself arrested for that. Now he's running this uh, short game con out in the streets with his homeboy just to get, like, beer money. Getting on. That's the show. The one on HBO. There you go. Yeah. With Alex Borstein and a couple other people. Better than Life Goes On. With Chris Elliott. Uh, that was a good show, sir. Kind of was a good show. Becca with her little glasses. Cute as a button. I take it all back. That was a better show. So we have to first off talk right now because we made we didn't make a bet on it, but we made predictions last week, and I need to get this out right away. Yeah. Because last week on the show, we were predicting what is Saul going to do with that giant bag of money and then the camping family who stole $1.6 million. And you said that he would uh, become their new lawyer and that he would take all the money. And he would ask to hold on to it for them so the evidence would be gone and he would be their lawyer. And that made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I said he would take some of the money as a bribe and just move on. Correct. Well, you predicted it first, so I you know, I kind of had to pick some. You could have just agreed with me, Brent, because well, I was 100% correct. Yeah, but what do you think is going to happen? He's not going to not take any money, and he's not going to take all the money. It's, it's like 99% of the time you're going to take some of the money. I thought we were both going to end up being right because he was going to take some of the money and then become their lawyer. And then there's that moment when he's looking at him like, well, we all know I'm going to be your lawyer, right? And they look at him like, no, you're the lawyer that guilty people hire. Yeah, that was... Ooh, yeah, we'll give you some of the that money. That was such a great line. He even said like, well, legitimately, I could d- take this as a retainer. And they're just like, no, it's really just going to be a bribe. I <laughs> love wouldn't that, even yeah. let him put face value on but it. But as far as the things that happened in the episode, other than that... Uh, I love the Found Money Con. Found Money was Con was incredible. Done very well. And I'm a stickler for that because I am a big fan of The Sting, which is, I believe, the best con movie of all time. Absolutely. And the best movie of all time. So, uh, Wow. Go in there. It's my favorite movie. Fair enough. Uh, you should watch it. The Sting. I, Eight I, Academy Awards. I think I might have seen it in like high school, and I've since forgotten it. It's If you watch it now, it's still great. Those are the best movies, the ones that hold, hold up yeah. after time. Um, I think Better Call Saul's going to hold up over time. Oh, I think so, too. Because it's so real. Uh, so, the, yeah, I love the found money con, and then I also really love the whole... What he the did other, with the money? The con that they did at the end. Oh, the okay. 
with the uh, you know oh get get me and my and my I'm gonna do a well, news b- story before you get to the billboard yeah. thing it was the fact that he bought used his new money he well, it must have been hundred thousand dollars or something right like it was an insane amount of yeah. money and he uses it to buy a suit to exact specifications just like the lawyer at the law firm that he hates mm-hmm. and then he gets his logo From, made to be just like theirs yeah. and then he gets a billboard and the guys that he hates his exit of him looking just like him wearing the same suit and it just says James McGill. And because he knew he was trolling, he literally used bribe money to just straight out troll this dude. I know you can appreciate that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he gets an injunction filed against him because he's 100 percent breaking their copyright or whatever, you know, fair use laws that they have in place. Yeah, he starts his uh, what is it? J.M.M. James M. McGill. James M. McGill. Instead of H.H.M. McGill. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Hamlin, Hamlin, and McGill. Hamlin, Hamlin, and McGill. Uh, but yeah, I loved how the the way he played out the whole thing. Where oh, I'm go- we're going to broadcast me uh, showing how they making me take my my billboard down. The, he, the little man. He paid New Mexico University of New Mexico students from the AV club to come out and film yeah. him. And then oh no, the guy that's taking the sign down is dangling from the sign. He has to run up there and save him. I had a feeling something was up when I saw that he was like totally like hooked on there and not actually in any real danger whatsoever. Yeah. That was my first clue. Something well, wasn't Well, you kosher. would be hooked up there. You would be, but he was freaking out a lot for a guy who would just pull himself up. <laughs> I don't think you could pull yourself up, but... he look, look, with all the leverage and strength that James McGill, that Saul has, he had to pretty much pull himself up. I guess. Let's keep it real. He wasn't getting that much, because it's Still, not like McGill's going to reach over the railing and take any chance of him not being tethered, I, falling over the railing. I love it because it was obvious that he did it himself, and it was obvious to the to the other lawyer, but you still have plausible deniability. 100%. I just love they're up there, and then they like fist bump each other. Yeah. Just like, yeah, 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 we did it. Yeah, that was uh, that was well done. A very entertaining episode of Better Call Saul. Had some more inter, uh, entertaining uh, interactions with Mike. He did have a good interaction with Mike. And, uh, and the fact that he actually like stopped the car and he's like, Mike, here's the deal. You're a smart guy. You were totally right. Uh, I just wanted to give you props. You actually helped these people and da-da-da. And Mike's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm whatever. O- I'm over it. Peace. Get out of my face. <laughs> Mike's seen stuff, though. It's not like you're going to impress Mike. Yeah. Or convince Mike at this stage in his life that he's a good person. Because he already knows better. How about the other great thing, which is, you know, he's, he basically doesn't want to tell Michael McKean that he did it through Flash, that he did it through hard work. He says, oh, no, yeah, and whoever you're talking about, yeah, they, they referred some people over to me, and the business is really taking off, and I got seven new clients. And Michael McKean smells a rat. Michael McKean's like, you sure about that? It's uh, not right to me, because okay, you know, you've been doing okay, this a while, but, and nothing's broken. Uh, well, we're, by I the way. Loved, I love the scene where Michael McKean goes ventures out into the world. Because uh, he was front page of like the, uh, the local section of the Albuquerque Journal, mm-hmm. and uh, he makes that paper go missing. Yeah. So Michael McKean smells something's up. He looks across and he sees the newspaper in the other neighbor's driveway. Everybody else's yard. It's like, wait a minute. Just a really smartly written show. Very you know? smartly written. And the part I loved is when he was getting the suits made. Yeah. Uh, when he's getting the suit made to look just like the dude, but you don't know what's up. You think he's just getting nice suits made so that way he can just start his yeah. business and look better and do better in court, etc., and feel better about himself. And then all of a sudden there's this moment where he starts pulling note crib notes out of yeah. his pocket to reveal exactly the kind of suit that he wants. That is some hotness how right there. How about how we're seeing the relationship that he has now with, you know, because he, he has his office in the back of the... Uh, the nail salon. The, what he would call an oriental nail salon. Yes. But I, I believe, I don't know... 
what Asian uh, nail parlor. A- sure, Asian nail parlor. Just how they're they're you know he just gets to hang out there after hours. Yeah, and we didn't know that he had any relationship with them other than that. But they the way they were talking to each other, like I guess he you know he does talk to them a lot. And yeah, how fun would that be to have like just one of those massage chairs just to hang out in in, in your yard and, and get a, a foot you know put your feet in the hot water? That'd be the pretty novelty nice. would wear off after no, a short period of time because then you're living in a very tiny. If room. I could live in a sharper image, had a sharper image, and I could go get the massage machine every night, I would do it, Ray. But you had to live in this studio. Oh, this is a pretty big size. This studio is yeah. much bigger than his office. Yeah, that's right. It's by far. Other than the flickering lights, it's pretty sweet. Other than that, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big. I used to really love uh, to go into like the sharper image and just like use the massage machine. Oh, sure. You would never buy it though. No, no, no. Well, you know, they started putting that. That was so popular. They just started putting those like out in the court. So you could just put like a dollar in, and then you could just get like five minute massage. Why would you do that when you can just go to the sharper image for free? Because the sharper image is gone now. Yeah, but it was the one thing people went in there for, and they found a way to monetize it finally. That's true. Yikes! I've done that before at the mall. Went and used the massage machine. I have, you know, somebody's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to the store for half hour." Well, I'm not going to that store for half hour. I'm getting me a massage. So when Michael McKean, and so you're in the scene you alluded to before, Michael McKean f- basically throws the moon jacket over his head and has freak out central as he runs across the street to take the newspaper, throws five dollar bill down, grabs a rock from their rock garden, puts it on top of the bill, and then just starts running away as like the camera's going crazy yeah. and his face is going all freakazoid in his own brain. And then it just cuts to the woman who lives in the house is looking at him, just being like, What is this idiot yeah. doing? And he, he was very insistent in putting $5 down. He makes sure he's not going to steal the newspaper. It's like, did he really think the dollar, $5 bill was just going to sit there? Yes. Putting it on the... He thought he just put it on the ground, it would just stay there, and then it immediately blows away. <laughs> I have a strong feeling that was improvised, just because of Michael McKean's background. Maybe. It feels right to me, at least. It's very possible it wasn't, but uh, and then the a old, smart the idea. The thing that happened in the, in the episode, you know, well, we got to see more of the relationship with him and the, the lawyer that's still at HHM. The Blondie Pants. Yeah. The one from Franklin and Bash. Interesting. We're still kind of figuring out what their relationship is, or what their former relationship was. Or... It seems like there was definitely a romantic relationship there at one point. Yeah. She probably probably ditched him for being a bum, yeah. but then always kind of felt bad for him mm-hmm. and still liked him, probably right. but wished he could turn his life around. Uh, and then, you know, we got the guy, uh, what was his name? Nacho? Nacho. Didn't he get him released? The guy that, that was falsely imprisoned? That's right, the one who well, told him that he wanted to go in I and mean, To be fair, Nacho should be in prison for something. Nacho's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> and despite all his levels of BS, Saul could not convince Nacho that he had nothing to do with it. No. Nacho is a living BS detector. Yeah. Like Tim Roth and Lie to Me. Right. And he is not going to fall for that crap. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've seen this con run better by better people. Yeah. But so we get we're, we're loving the show, right? I'll Give love it a straight it. up. What does what's going to happen next episode? What does Michael McKean do with the new information that Saul is a billboard hero and lying about it? I think he's going to call him out on it. He's absolutely going to call him out yeah. on it. Do you think he goes back to his old law firm or like tries to contact those people in some way? I don't think so. Do they try to contact him and he's ready to throw Saul under the bus? I mean, well, no, I don't think that'll happen. I think ultimately he's on Saul's side. You okay. know. Because he didn't really make that clear in this last episode. Yeah. When he decided to side with his former partner over Saul. Right. So. I think when push comes to shove, though, okay. he's going to side with Saul. But maybe not. I don't know. I mean, we didn't see him in Breaking Bad, so maybe they're not friends anymore in Breaking Bad. Or, you know, he does have cancer, so it's entirely possible he passes away. It's pretty aggressive cancer is what it sounds like. That's the sound of after his death cancer. Oh, <laughs> well, now that we've gone as dark as possible... <laughs> I, be- I started out as being like, eh, I'm not sure. And I was like, eh, this sounds like a flatline. No, I'm with you. I got that. You can, you can stop that now. 
Oh, he's back. Boop. Ladies and gentlemen, Boop. Michael McKean's back. Oh. Now that's just ghosts being eaten in, in Pac-Man now. <laughs> yeah, we'll be right back to wrap up the show after three seconds of Van Morrison. A bright girl. Your favorite NFL team is back, Brent, yeah. with their hijinks and craziness. Mm-hmm. Of course, by favorite, I mean, you know, the lovable losers, the sad, sad sacks that are the Cleveland Browns. Oh, they're going to say Detroit Lions. Uh, they're a great team, sir. Hmm. sir did they win a playoff game? Yeah, they win a playoff they game? They did, but it got stolen from uh, them. Did they win a, I, I looked in the papers, and I saw the scores. They had a lesser score than the Dallas Cowboys. Then you didn't pay attention. The Cleveland Browns, however, nobody loses Tony Romo in the playoffs. Didn't, didn't the Cleveland Browns finish with a better nobody record? Nobody loses than the Kansas City Chiefs. Nobody loses. No, the Kansas City Chiefs were nine and seven. What are you talking about? They didn't make the playoffs though, so they were nine and seven. That's not very good. Winning record. It's better than the Browns. Nobody loses Tony Romo in the playoffs, and yet yeah, Detroit do? found a way. Get out of here, Tony Romo's in a playoff found game. Way. <laughs> found a way. It got ripped from you. You're just trying to make me mad right now to wrap up the show. <sighs> I want to make fun of the Browns because oh, they made it. what is maybe the most pointless uniform change on their helmet that I have ever heard of in my entire life. Because right. when a team okay. redesigns their their helmets, they're usually changing the logo. They're making it something either classic or more fierce or something. But our pals, the Cleveland Browns, just changed their helmet color from toilet bowl orange to slightly more vibrant orange. I don't get it at all. I mean, usually you're wrong about everything, but this, I well, would say you you're, that. you're mostly right. Oh, my gosh. That's but the name of the episode, everybody. Ray is mostly right. If you are the Cleveland Browns and, you're, and your color scheme is supposed to be kind of brownish. Because they wear brown why jerseys. Why are you moving further away from brown? You know what our fan base demands. A color that's less burnt sienna. We are and so, more bright neon orange. We are so embarrassed by our team that we want it to be less of the color of the name that it's called. Maybe, and this is just maybe they Brown s- is embarrassed of us. You don't use our color anymore. When the Tampa Bay Buccaneers became good, what was the first uniform change that they made? Uh, they got rid of the the weird orange helmet with the kind of N- not just that, but they also got rid of their orange pants. Okay. So they got rid of their orange helmet. They got rid of their orange pants. Maybe the Browns see themselves in like a free-for-all, like slippery slope. They're about to go straight in the toilet. Maybe that's an NFL regulation. You have to become more orange the worse you get. So when Tampa Bay got good, they got rid of orange. Now the Browns are bad. They've got to go to more orange. You know what they should have done? Like they copy a team that's successful, you know? Who has made their thing from brown to like orange? Like, Just them. What they should have done is, you know, the Patriots aren't using that old uh, Patriot guy hiking the football anymore. They should just get but the old Patriot right. guy on the yeah, side of their that's head. right. Just a brown the Patriot pa- guy. A brown Patriot guy hiking a football. How amazing would that be? I don't think they, they own the, the whole logo thing, anymore. The whole thing, whole thing would be people complaining about, they're stealing the Patriots logo. Well, at least they have something for the, the Patriots. At least now they look like winners. That's right. That logo has seen a Super Bowl. They could have done the better call Saul. Oh, my huh? goodness. <laughs> They're like, they use the exact same exact colors. Exact same colors. As the Patriots. Just with a bulldog head instead of a that's human right. head on the guy. Mm-hmm. But wearing the same hat. Yeah. Why do they not think of these things? Because that's fantastic. Yep. But how is slightly, like, why not make, I don't know. And this is, okay, tell me I'm a crazy person. Why not make the color of the helmet <clears throat> brown? 
Yeah, I think that would make more sense. How about and then so then when they're copying the Patriots stuff, right? They put all the Patriots, the helmet, and they even have brown riots, right? <laughs> Instead of ah! and then they say, "Wait, you put our even put our name on there?" And I was like, "No, this is the brown riots, sir." Oh, the brown riots. We, we are raising havoc. The Browns. You are stealing the last part of our name and the guy hiking the ball. I don't know what you're talking about. I do not see a resemblance. And why did you sign Ty Law? He's 50. <laughs> why? Drew Bledsoe's your quarterback next year? This is ridiculous. Oh, my god. Irving Fryer. But, you know, but they changed it. So they, now the helmet is more orange. <laughs> and yet they're, they changed their face mask to now be brown. Yeah, to me, it looks like and I'd have to compare them, uh, you know, looking side by side. But. To me, they look almost exactly the same orange color as the Cincinnati Bengals. As if it wasn't confusing enough, both teams being in Ohio. that is You're right, though. It is a more orange like the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. But their face masks are now brown, so there's got to be a clear Cleveland steamer joke happening somewhere, right? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> L- let me ask you this, because the whole thing is... Has to be asked. They are not named the Browns because of the brown color. They it's, are named the Browns because their coach, their old coach's last name was Brown. And uh, Paul Brown. And Paul, Paul Brown, Brown went on to be the owner of the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals. Okay. So, Paul Brown. So, why isn't that team called so the Browns? So, they don't even have to be stuck to the color of the Browns. They could put, like, some kind of logo on there. What about, you know, the, the coolest thing about the Cleveland Browns is the dog pound. Why not call themselves the Cleveland Bulldogs? No, they keep the Cleveland Browns, and they put a that bulldog is, on the side of their helmet. That'd be great. That'd be or much a, better. Or how about a bone? Because they love that bone imagery. The they don't even have a logo, so how do you how do you market to that? You know what I mean? How do you market to a hat that just says Browns and there's no there's no kind of mascot? Well, I'll tell you right now. I've lived in Ohio. I can tell you this. They just wear ugly brown sweaters with orange like stripes on them, and it just says the word Browns on it. It really does look like something you'd get at any homeless person's garage sale. I'm just saying. It's embarrassing. It's all tweed and gross. I mean, it's appropriate. That team is an abomination, to be fair. What do you think about the Browns' new mascot? Is it now? It's the um. It's like the like the ripoff of the Fighting Irish guy, right? The brownie. They go back old school, like the leprechaun looking dude. Tree there, and you put him in a green tunic instead of brown. Have him handing out cookies Keebler instead elf. of footballs. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. To be fair, though, if oh, they wait. were called the where's, Cle- where's crackling pop? It's the Rice Krispies guys. I mean, come on. Or get really corporate and just use, use the a bulldog. Bulldogs look cool. Just get really corporate and use the Pep Boys. Just just go for it if you're going to be stupid. <laughs> Three Pep Boys. <laughs> okay, I'm done with the Browns. I'm not going to talk about them anymore. I just, whenever they do something stupid, I feel like it's bears mentioning, doesn't it? It just doesn't. Nobody thinks any of these things they do is a good idea except for them. Why is that? Because their entire front office and owner need I to mean, go jump in a lake. It makes me not feel sorry for them. You know? When a team shoots itself in the foot repeatedly, it's like it's like this. It's like that guy, uh, you know, that you've always had that unlucky friend in love who just n- can never get a date, and he's kind of, oh, woe is me, but he's always out there trying, and then finally he gets that big date, and then he, like, screws up and, like, shows up on the wrong day or, like, spills wine all over or yeah. says something really sexist accidentally, and he or just, date, he like, himself man, ruins the date. He, on, he goes on the date and says, man, I haven't been on a date in five years. Oh. Hey, let me tell you about my ex-wife. Nothing's <laughs> Hey, you like kids? Because they got three already. Yike! Just saying, the Browns are like that guy. Yeah. You can't even feel bad for him at a certain point. You just got to make fun of him. But we're also terrible people. Well, they it make helps. it so easy, Ray. I'm they, sorry. That, it's not hard. <laughs> you know what they say about the low-hanging fruit? Yeah. Tastes the sweetest. I mean, you can't make it like any easier than we. our name is the Browns, and our we make our helmets more orange. <laughs> 
In any case, I'm ready to wrap up this sucker. Uh, we got Guys, thank you so much for listening this week. Check us out on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Check us out on Stitcher Radio, the Stitcher Web Radio app. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of what we're doing here. We really do appreciate it. And uh, if you want to contact the show, there's lots of ways we can do it. You can always hit me up on Twitter. I am at Almighty Ray. I'm at Scoops Pope. You can hit up the show at Ray Brent Podcast. You can email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Podcast or our website, Brent, with show notes and all kinds of other good stuff, videos, clips, raybrentpodcast.com. That's right. It's very, very exciting. We've got a lot of people we've got to thank for this week. Of course, we have to thank Jeremy Buck and the Bang. The train wrecks. The train wrecks are fantastic. Uh, you're going to have to drag me out of here, Brent. In chains? In chains? we got to thank Jordan Monsell. Monsell me some art. Made our logo. Go to Silhouettes by Jordan on Facebook. And we got to thank our intrepid producer. Already hit me up for uh, fantasy baseball this year, Brent. Really? Yeah, he runs the, the bobblehead league if you want to jump in. You were telling me how you used to destroy him in racquetball. That is a lie, because he destroyed me in racquetball, so much so that he had to start playing with his off left hand. Okay, good. I just want to get that out there. And he still destroyed me. Yeah. So, Jerko, McGurko, <laughs> what's wrong with you? David Noll, thank you so much for producing the show. Dino! He, nobody calls him Dino. I do. Whatsoever. Uh, anybody you want to thank, Brent? I'd like to thank your mom. Good night, everybody! You're gonna have to drag me out in chains You're gonna have to drag me out in chains You're gonna have to drag me out in chains Jim Morrison It's not Jim Morrison. Tony Morrison. No, it is not Tony. Beloved. It is not Tony Morrison. <laughs> Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison is a basketball Gonzaga. player. Gonzaga. No, it's not. <laughs> Morris Chestnut in the time. We, gonna, uh, we doing this, sir? Huh? What are you doing? Okay. It's Read the list. The time. All right. All right. Morrissey. It is not Morrissey. <laughs> that is not what is written there. Roger Moore! <laughs> that doesn't even... Oh, my God. <laughs> mm. Well, stop messing around, Ray. Let's get this done. Oh, I swear to God, I'm going to punch a baby. Alanis Morissette! <laughs> all right, are you ready to get this? Yes, I'm ready right, to do this! Right, oh, my right. God! Meow, 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 meow. That's Morris the cat. Right? That's not even Morris the Cat! <laughs> yeah, That's the Meow Mix theme! Mercury Morris! I swear to God, there's a chair about to be thrown at your head. <laughs> Can we please just say the first name on the list? Yes. Jim Morrison! I'm going to just... Okay, I'm going to be over here. You've got to be kidding me right now. It's not Jim Morrison! Why are you getting mad? Where are you going? Jim Morrison <laughs> What is wrong with you? Alright, alright, alright Adam Morrison Alright, you ready? I've been ready! What is happening? This is an hour long outtake Mr. Mojo Horizon What right. are you doing? <laughs> it's the last thing we have to do Okay I mean, okay, I know it's okay. Right. 
Van Verizon. <laughs> My God. Jim Crokey. Primus. The Harling Globetrotters. <laughs> uh, life is never easy. <laughs> <laughs>